Welcome back, listeners, man, to another episode of The New Standard. And I got my partner in crime to my left. He's with us, Neil Kulong. Neil couldn't join us earlier this morning because Neil is a little bit under the weather, man. But with the news of the Pittsburgh Steelers hiring Brian Flores, man, sometimes you just got to play hurt, baby. And thank you, Neil, for playing hurt, big dog. That's that's exactly it. Uh, this is it, it's significant news in Steeler Nation and across the NFL. It, this is something that's going to get uh, uh, national newscast attention. Um, something like that comes up, and you run a Steelers podcast, you better be uh, you better be ready to go on. That that's where we yeah, are right now. Yeah, you can't wait a week and hot damn. But so you're going to get two shows this week. In the earlier show, I did solo about you know kind of how can you measure the impact of an assistant coach. And my thought, and chime on that real quick, Neil, before we hop on this, my thought was when you're looking at assistant coaches and you're looking at the impact and the value that assistant coaches can provide. And before I say what I said in the show, of course, if you want to participate in the show, go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong, or go to your podcast platform and do a search for the new standard and Steelers or the new standard and Lance Williams or Neil Kulong, and you will find the show. Hit us with a like and subscribe, all that good stuff. My thought was when you look at the, if you want to measure the impact of assistant coach, I thought player development and a way that you could sort of measure player development would be statistics. You wrap that all into winning and losing. But you definitely want an assistant coach and the group that that assistant coach is coaching. You want the players to grow over the course of time. And as I'm looking at my screen and doing this show, I can't believe it that my city, that my team, Manchester City, (laughs) lost in the 95th minute after tying the game on a penalty kick to lose the game 3-2. to Hey, when you lose like that, you don't deserve it. So what's your thought real brief? Was that the soccer ball contest? Yeah, that's the football contest. Yes, the soccer (laughs) ball contest. But before (laughs) you – So just just comment on my assessment in terms of using player growth and and looking at player growth and, of course, the overall success of the unit and kind of measuring that statistically. Just very briefly, was I kind of in the right ballpark in terms of the impact of assistant coaches? I think – you're never going to be able to discount statistics, but at the same time, you are obligated to take them in the, the proper context. Not every player is on the field to rack up statistics. Right. Um, if, though, that player's performance is right in line with what the coach is telling them to do, and that is setting up somebody else, it would seem to me that, and the job is getting done, it would seem to me that the coaches of both of those players should get appropriate credit but fans are only going to look at one side of that so it it, it, there's a lot uh i I don't want to call it secrecy but there 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 are a lot of things that are you know backstage as far as what we know with assistant coaches and the easiest thing to measure uh as far as their ability their impact is longevity not just in positions but within the league um along with a, a pretty significant um, defensive assistant coach hiring. Steelers also hired an offensive line coach this week as well. It's hard to say 
for either one of them what exactly it is that would compel Kevin Colbert, um, Mike Tomlin, Terrell Austin, um, it, it, Matt Canada, you know, the, the, the ranking members of their, their decision-making tree. What would compel them uh, to hire those coaches? What we know about both of them is they've both been around the league for a very long time. So uh, there's value in that for sure. I think um, looking at Flores and his body of work, it really doesn't require a whole lot of um, let me, let me pause explanation. You, let me pause you, Neil. Let me pause you, Neil. Before you start talking about Flores, what did Flores exactly get hired as for the Steelers? His title, as it was announced by the team, is Senior Defensive Assistant Linebackers, which I believe is the same position held by Terrell Austin, except he was overseeing the secondary. And at one point, Keith Butler did not have, he had defensive coordinators slash linebackers. So it, it really looks like it's kind of a hybrid um, it, continuation of the sort of super assistant that the team has been using for the last three or four years now. Uh, it makes sense. It's not, I, I can't tell you whether it's a, a ranking position over somebody else, but it would be something that would justify a, a higher salary for sure. And probably more input overall, um, as we can see, it's a staging point for a defensive coordinator job, one that the Steelers had just hired um, in, in Terrell Austin. Uh, it, it does beg the question whether, you know, the, the team had possibly kicked the tires on Flores as a defensive coordinator uh, prior to hiring Terrell Austin, or uh, maybe it was something that came up after the fact. These are all things we won't know about, but they're, they're worth the conversation to have. Um, it, it, the title itself tends to mean more, responsibility um you are on over other coaches whether or not you are managing those coaches is kind of up to the structure of the team uh as far as the Steelers are concerned I wouldn't think so but it is definitely a bigger title uh than linebackers coach and it's the biggest title the Steelers give to uh the non-coordinator coach positions let's get back to how he plugs in uh, to the rest of the coaches. And, and before we do that, and I'll probably list it again, on the defensive side of the ball, of course, Terrell Austin is a defensive coordinator. Brian Flores is now the defensive assistant linebackers coach. The secondary coach is Grady Brown. Defensive line coach is Carl Dunbar. Inside linebackers coach is Jerry O. Assistant outside linebackers coach is Denzel Martin. So now the Steelers have six individuals on the side of the ball, the defensive side of football. But I like to keep it pretty football centered. But unfortunately, there's a lot of other stuff to unwrap <laughs> when it comes to this. This is definitely not just a football issue. You're right. I've never seen, and this is where we were talking about to start the program offline i've never seen somebody with standing litigation the type of his against an entity a corporate entity be hired by that corporate entity but i do acknowledge your point and, and you're gonna you're, you'll explain your point i do acknowledge your point that the nfl is a bit unique 
because although it is one entity, it is made up of 32 smaller entities who operate individually. With that being said, I'm freaking surprised that uh, the NFL, that a team chose to do business uh, in any coaching capacity with Brian Flores. I, I, I'm just I'm just flabbergasted. This is not typically how um, corporations operate. And I'll give you an example. I work for Abbott Diabetes Care. Maybe I said too much already. I just said that <laughs> on a podcast. Right? Abbott has other smaller Abbots. Vascular, um, Abbott Nutrition. There's probably about seven or eight Abbots. I probably could get fired because I don't know all eight or the other ones. They, <laughs> lots, might, lots of they, might, they might get rid of me for that. And big up to Stephen Crocio. Hopefully I pronounced that right. And big up to Kevin Motley. Um, yes, we are back, Kevin. I am back. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. I'm back. Um, <laughs> I feel like if I sued Abbott Diabetes Care for lack of opportunities in terms of her promotion, maybe it's just my dumb intuition. I don't think I would uh, apply for any other Abbott jobs, right? And maybe because the NFL is the only place where he could get an assistant job in for another NFL team, maybe because of the NFL being such a closed loop, I, I I just don't anticipate that I would get a job for any other Abbott satellite if I were suing Abbott Diabetes Care. Like, and maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe I'm off. But it feels like if I applied, once my application was ready, it'd be like, ding, 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 ding. Nah, man. Nah, dog. Not him. Nah, nah man. Nah, not him. We can't get. Apparently, that did not happen in this case. I mean, unpack this because I, I I'm absolutely flabbergasted that he's getting another job in any capacity within the inform within the NFL that quickly. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's hard to dive into a, a great deal of detail. Now, I could sit here and give you every hot take that I have on it. I can give you every opinion that I have. The fact of the matter is everyone else who's doing that right now is doing exactly that. Um, opinions are like assholes, Lance. You know all about that. Oh, yeah. It's it, Here's the way that I see it. Um, Brian Flores, uh, absent of anything else, is a highly experienced and highly successful NFL coach. Uh, he is being hired um, above an assistant level, I think for, for obvious reasons, he's earned that. Um, he was a relatively successful head coach and he had a good bit of experience as a, a defensive assistant with a very good defensive team under a very good defensive coach for a lot of years. You put all that together. There's no reason why this guy shouldn't be coaching in the NFL. Yes, then, I agree. Let me, let me, let me, let me this interject. Is, let me interject real quick. Yes, absolutely right. Spot on. But, but he's suing the NFL. So go he's ahead. He's suing the NFL. He is not suing the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the yes. thing that we need to look at here. It's not simply the NFL 
is its own governing body. And yes, it is represented by 32 teams, but at the level that they're at, as far as hiring goes, and this is where the lawsuits get kind of weird, um, not all 30, 32 teams are not uh, operating, they're operating competitively. So yes. one team's hiring practices are expected to not be another team's hiring practices. On top of all of that, from, from the Steelers' perspective, it's a no-brainer. This is a highly qualified coach. They have an opening uh, for both the, the the elevated position of the assistant as well as the position coach itself. To some degree, they lost both of that with Keith Butler and with the promotion of Terrell Austin. Again, not to, to try to make these two things synonymous with each other, but the last two people who held that title were Keith Butler and Terrell Austin. So okay. the me, fact that they're merging this. that together for uh, uh, Brian Flores – only speaks to the fact that he's plenty qualified to do that and they had a need. So me, the argument, me, as far as the lawsuit goes, is completely irrelevant, in my opinion. Let me ask you this, though. And this is me and my naivete on the outside, right? Not being in a, in a room ever. Am I dumb to think that NFL teams don't ever operate in a collusionary, I don't know if that's a word, I'm just saying collusionary manner. Especially in a regard yeah. like this, in a, in a in a case that's this high profile and this sensitive. Is there any hmm. nod, nod? Because because me, my, my, my mind is saying nod, nod, wink, wink, nah, we're going to let this cool down and let this cat sit for, for a second before we let him strike because for me right from a qualification standpoint he's rock solid right was a head coach pretty successful head coach defensive side of football he's co-signed by bill belichick he's a super bowl winning assistant coach was a defensive coordinator of from a qualification standpoint it sounds like every team in the national football league would have a need to put brian flores on their staff because he's an excellent my excellent defensive coach by all accounts. So am I off like am am I off in my assumption that on some things they move in concert, you know, CBA, other stuff that teams are moving in concert cuz I understand and fully acknowledge that they're competitive. But man, I'm just I'm just flabbergasted then. Uh here's here's the 10,000 foot level answer. Um, you can't prove coercion in, in a direct and obvious sense. In other words, you and me, yes, without the, the benefit of, you know, hundreds of hours of, of discovery and investigation, we're not going to be able to come up with anything conclusive to say that it happens or it doesn't happen. I would say, though, in a league that is so obsessed with learning absolutely every little detail that it can, it has very strict and highly regulated um, processes involving the release of information about what appears to be, at a, at a reasonable level, minuscule aspects of the game. They feel those things are competitive. They spend yes. at least a third of the year sending smoke screens into the media unnamed sources talking about certain draft picks and certain scenarios that they might want to work in with subterfuge in mind. 
they are competing on the field directly against the same people that they're competing with in the coaching market. All these things together, I'm, I'm not trying to be completely pro NFL here. I'm just saying it, it for me as a competitive person, I, I wouldn't no, care I what 31 you. other owners say. No, I want to win. You. I'm going to do it the no, way that I, I want to do I, it. I, I so I, 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 I don't think you. that there is, I don't think you can say uh, collusion in an obvious sense, but that's not necessarily the law either. So I'll leave that for them. I will say this though. I am not surprised. Brian Flores landed another job. I am very happy that Brian Flores landed another job, especially with my team. I'm extremely excited about that. That doesn't do anything for the lawsuit for or against all it shows is what we have known that has not been in, in dispute. He was an excellent uh, assistant coach. Now, uh, it, it, my opinion, I think they're just, you know, there will be more reason next year to hire Brian Flores as a head coach as there was this year, in my opinion. Right, right. I think he's going to show that he's a great assistant, and that is typically the most obvious path from uh, a, a, a non-head coach to a head coaching job. Do really well as an assistant. He has the opportunity now for that, and then we can get into the lawsuit piece of it. So I, I don't think that it matters it, – I think it would take a lot to make 32 billionaires come in complete consensus with each other on something and then need to go compete for the top prize, which is highly sought after uh, huge marketing opportunities. I just I don't see them doing that. That's just me. Maybe I'm naive. Here's here's the thing, Neil. I think they can on certain things right on the overall health of the league and how they're going to pay players. Right. Like like on certain things. On certain things, they can. But here's where I think your point is great. You're not going to tell billionaires necessarily what to do in any regard, right? So one thing you know that a billionaire is, unless they've inherited all their money from their family, and and I'm just generalizing, Mm -hmm. they're competitive as all shit. Yeah, I hope so. And I'm I'm a thousandaire, and and I'm competitive as hell. I wouldn't. (laughs) I'm not going to do it just because they're telling me to do it. And you know what? You know what an owner is going to say, what she or he is going to say? F you, dog. Yeah, exactly. I'm hired who the, That's exactly F, it. F, F you, dog. Screw you. I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm going to hire who the hell I want. Why am I and falling get, on your sword? I'm not the one what? who did any of this. Why do I get, care? It's your lawsuit, what? not mine. And, and guess what, Roger? You work for me, dog. Yeah, exactly. You're like, paid to you, deal with that. You deal you, with it. You I'm work trying for to win me, games so... So this this is great for me in a sense that and every any black guy listening to the show on the podcast is going to laugh when I say this. This is a case where something trumped my black guy cynicism, right? That's <laughs> well earned. That's been well earned over the 51 years of my life. My black guy cynicism. And this is a case where being competitive has superseded black guy cynicism, which to me is like, wow, this is a great day. Mark the day. What's the damn date? February 19th? <laughs> February What's 19th? The damn date? Yes, February 19th. 11.40 Year of our award, 2022. Mark the damn date that competitiveness <laughs> trump black guy cynicism Man, we have, we have a new title to the show. 
Man, so, I mean, look, I'm like, I, I am glad because, you know, it, you, you get to a point, man, with black eye cynicism that after a while, it trumps everything. And you walk around when you go, man, I don't want to be cynical about everything. Like, I don't want to find that one sliver of, nah, hell nah, this can't be what they say. Let me find the cynicism in the 70,000th line of this script so I can make some convoluted argument about something. So, so I'm so I'm pleasantly shocked, surprised, elated, and happy that man. But you know what? The one thing I will say is I'm not surprised the Roonies did it. And I'm not surprised. (laughs) You know, you know, I'm not surprised because. And that's not because they authored the Rooney rule. It's more so because the Roonies are from the North side. And the one thing I know about folks from the North side, it goes to the point that we said earlier, you're not going to tell us what the hell to do. Right. That's one thing. And in this regard of hiring, you know, African-American coaches doing what they, the Roonies have damn near done what they wanted forever. They're they're not going to let, and they have not let things like this interfere with bringing in the best talent and coaches and, and to make their organization win. And before you hop in there, lastly, when you've won six championships and you are a signature brand and franchise in the league, you can kind of flex and be like, well, we the Steelers. We're going to flex. It's good for us. Say something. Two points on this that I think go off what you're saying as far as the Steelers and the Roonies go. And I, I just had this uh, situation with my staff um, just the other day. Uh, it, it, I won't bore you with details, but people are supposed to be doing something that they weren't. Uh, people weren't doing it, and some were. I told everybody, hey, make sure to do this. The three people who do it correctly the most often pinged me after it asking if what they're doing is okay all three of them you're fine do exactly what you're doing it's great i'm not talking to you i just have to address everybody the steelers you know it i don't know lance it seems like you should be the one to to mention this but in case people haven't noticed most of the steelers coaching staff is black okay i don't think that's necessarily an accident but what I'll do is compare it to this. You remember the 90s Blitzburg Steelers. A large part of why they were able, pre-salary cap into the early days of the salary cap before they really screwed it up and had to find people that actually understood what to do, they had pass rusher upon pass rusher upon pass rusher. If they lost one, there was another guy waiting in the wings. Why was that? because they exploited the market inefficiency that there simply weren't many teams playing defense the way that they played. In the years that have passed, Joey Porter, who's an all-time Steelers legendary player, a third-round draft pick, Joey Porter turned into Jarvis Jones at 17 overall. Okay, That's a substantial swing in the wrong direction. Why did that happen? because the Steelers couldn't find Joey Porter in the third round anymore because everyone right. started taking him ahead of everybody else because everybody saw the success that the Steelers had. 
that again, not an accident. Exploiting market inefficiency at a 10,000 foot level is how every team succeeds year in and year out. If it's not this new twist on offensive play before that, it, it's, you know, the, the Legion of Boom in, in Seattle uh, putting together a, a legendary defensive run of three years with guys taken in the middle rounds because nobody valued them to do the things that Seattle was having them do. Uh, before that, you, you've got the Patriots um, before and after, I guess. They they had a team of yes exactly they shot me in Denver all time <laughs> classic all time classic quote <clears throat> after they took him in the third round it, it <clears throat> you you have the ability to zag when everybody else is zigging and right now not to suggest that black coaches are some type of secret weapon but to me what the Steelers are saying is fuck them if they're not going to hire them we will. <laughs> And with yeah. that, they're, yeah. they're putting, think of it just in, in pure numbers. They're cornering the market of black coaches because that's what they have. Their defensive coordinator, who was a senior defensive assistant before, is black. Their head coach, obviously, is is black. No pun intended with the obviously. Now they have their new senior defensive assistant <laughs> I caught that who's that black. Great. I, I that don't think that this is necessarily a coincidence, but think of it like this. To, to tie this all together as far as Flores goes – if 31 other teams in the league think he to- he's toxic, that means he's a weapon. And the yes. Steelers are the ones who are recognizing that. That's yes. smart. And to be honest, the residual effect of that, if we were to believe that the same thing will happen as far as Joey Porter third round turning into Jarvis Jones at 17 right. overall, right. if we were to believe the same swing, the Steelers are the team that's at the front line of that and they're going to benefit for it until everybody else decides we better do what the Steelers are doing. And that those are not the only two examples that could come I up. I like with how that. I like how you wrap that together because when you look at value, they're getting a guy who would have been hired more than likely. Or let's just say this they're getting a guy, a former head coach. That's a great coach, right? Mm-hmm. For the value of a third round. This is a first round guy that they're getting probably at fourth round value. I mean, yeah. this is this this is incredible. Get and I love the way you said it when we were talking off air that more than likely this is going to be the sexiest signing that the Steelers have. Next yeah. year, player or coach, this is going to be the sexiest sign. But let's jump to the football side. And when you look at the defensive side of the ball, and you look at the coaches on the defensive side of the ball, and, and, and let me say this before we do this, because I have a PhD in Steeler fan, and, I, and, and I'm going to agree with Kevin Motley. I, I'm sure mm. given Glad that they talked that. to me – uh, that they talked to Mika Fitzpatrick. Oh, you, okay. Oh, let, let's 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 break that down. I okay. I don't think that Minka. And before we jump into that, real quick, I know Steeler fans. I got a PhD in Steeler fans. And, and after your point, Neil, about essentially weaponizing the black coach that does not get opportunities, I I know Steeler fan is saying 
how about we fire Matt Canada yeah, and, exactly. go get, and go get Byron <laughs> Eric Leftwich. Eric enemy. Byron Leftwich. Get the enemy well, or, 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 or Leftwich. Or, or sure. Leftwich, right? I'm not sure. Right, right, right. So, better situation but, you, you, but you got what I'm saying, right? You, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with mind. that. I'll, it, it's, it's I'll, not, put, it, I'll yeah. put it right together. It, and that's a fair question. I'll, I'll say this. If Byron Leftwich would want the Steelers' offensive coordinator job, Sure, I have a problem with that. I, I've never, you know, really given a whole lot about Matt Canada. I'm just going to say this: I don't think that he would. <laughs> the Steelers' offense is not very yes. good. It's going to be hard for them to make moves. I think Leftwich sincerely expected to get a head coaching job, and Leftwich they're going to have a rough season uh, unless they pull off something big. They're going to have a pretty rough season. He's not going to have the tools to work with. Same as Canada. So, to be honest, I, you know, I, I don't know why Leftwich would want to leave. Uh, for the same job somewhere else. Just saying. Um, it, look, I, I, I think getting you're into, right. not, not when he was on the precipice of getting a head coaching position. No, and, and, he would have, and he would have. He, he, he just, job, yeah, right? it, it's that, that's, that's a, that's separate. I don't think anybody suggested left, which shouldn't have been the head coach, both Jacksonville uh, and the rest of the league. At the same time, you and I had conversations at the beginning of the coaching cycle. And we both agreed Bill O'Brien is probably, or Bill O'Brien. Oh my God. What did I just do? I am. I am. Uh, oh, that's you need, really you, bad. You need Nyquil, man. You need Dayquil. It's yes, fine. Exactly. It's it's it's, it's the cold meds. Doug Peterson, not Bill yes. O'Brien. Doug Peterson was a, a, a better option, specifically for Jacksonville. And the term yes, that I absolutely. used there was they need to get an adult in that damn room. Okay, they they've got all kinds of cultural problems. You need somebody who's been there and can lead. Uh, in, in an experienced manner. That's nothing against Byron Leftwich at all. I think Byron Leftwich is a great coach. He's shown to be a great coach, and he's got a great pedigree. He will be a head coach in the NFL. My point is with Jacksonville, the young quarterback, the dumpster fire that that follows Urban Meyer around, trailing his, his sorry ass out of town, you needed to get somebody who's who's been to the show and back, not the, the first-time head coach. I don't think yeah, that's yeah, the right situation. That's just me. But <clears throat> regardless of, of that, the idea here is there are qualified uh, head coaching and coordinator and now apparently defensive assistant uh, candidates uh, who happen to be black. And if the Steelers are the team that's hiring all of them and they're putting together outstanding teams year in and year out, maybe not this year so much, maybe not the next year. Defensively, they're pretty damn good. You can't really complain about that. They're putting together a, an attractive staff of people who are hireable elsewhere that the way that I said it, I don't necessarily like in this context, but they haven't really done that in the past. <laughs> you know, there hasn't right, been a whole right. lot of guys that the other teams have really wanted to hire. Right. Right. But now I, I think they're building that. And to some degree, I think it's by design, you know, the reality is we, we can talk how nice it is that they're giving black coaches a chance they're going to be compensated if these black coaches go on to something else and Absolutely. they're building a stable of them. All Absolutely. of it though, <clears throat> none of those guys go anywhere. None of them get hired if they're not any good. So they're right, obviously exactly. motivated yeah. to succeed here. It's just, yeah. you know, they very well could have nine third round picks in the next three drafts. And that's the thing about it. It's, it's never a competency issue, but let's jump into Kevin's comment. 
and I'm and I'm a tea and I'm a lead into it with another comment from Christopher Jones. Thank you, Christopher Jones, and thank you everybody that's hopped on. Man, we got a lot of people in the live chat. This is a hot topic. Christopher Jones wrote, Brian Flores will be reunited with Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka requested a trade out of Miami in 2019 for feeling he wasn't being used correctly by Flores and the Dolphins coaches. I read that comment to then get to Kevin Motley's comment. I'm sure they discussed this with Minka. What's your thoughts on that? I think... If Minka Fitzpatrick texted Mike Tomlin after that news broke, I think Mike Tomlin left that text on red. He's not taking the, the specific direction from the free safety coming off his worst season, who's playing on his fifth-year option and might not even be with the team in two years. He doesn't give a fuck what Minka Fitzpatrick thinks. Okay, I'm sorry. Minka Fitzpatrick is 25 years old. He's a damn good player not a manager you do not base the the structure of of your coaching staff on what minka fitzpatrick thinks and that's minka you fitzpatrick know, i know i'm gonna tell you how is. i'm gonna tell you how this sounds i'm gonna tell you how i'm gonna tell you how this conversation went hey minka we just hired brian flores go Neil. that that's how that went yep <laughs> and, and that was it well, like it matters <laughs> He's not even overseeing what Minka does anyway. It, it, look, you know what? Here's here's another thing, too. Minka wasn't happy there, plain and simple. He's had two more years uh, away from Miami, three more years, excuse me, away from Miami. God, I'm, I'm doing great today, Lance. In that time, you, you hope he matured professionally. You hope he grew up a bit. At the end of the day, though, he's got a lot of money on the line right now. I really don't think he's concerned with who the linebackers coach of the team is suggesting. Otherwise is so melodramatic. It, it should be on primetime television. It doesn't belong in what they're doing. They're grown men. If Mike Tomlin is anything, he is going to put players of a certain experience level in their place. When it comes to who's in charge of the team, Mike Tomlin is not listening to Micah Fitzpatrick when it comes to hiring a position not, like that. He's not at not. all. And he not shouldn't. at all. No, Minka. Go work out, okay? Get yeah, better. Right. Okay, play fine. your contract year out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Odds are fine. good you're getting tagged next year anyway. You don't yeah. have a whole lot of say over anything. So like, get better okay. as a player. Maximize your value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even if, I mean, even if he did, which I agree with you, I doubt that he did. Doesn't matter anyway. They're going to do it anyway. If they were going to hire Brian Flores. Given everything that's going on in the context of everything that's going on, they're not worried about Minka Fitzpatrick's opinion. Yeah, it's like, they, well, you know what? They're like, you're, whatever, you're dude. Like, he'll, with he'll, us for this year, and we can tag <laughs> you after that. Yeah, he'll be. I he'll don't give a shit if you like Brian Flores like, or not. He's going to coach we'll, the linebackers. And we'll <laughs> jump into uh, the whole issue um, uh, about Minka Fitzpatrick in this contact situation. Um, yeah, and, and Kevin agreed with us, especially when Flores exposed the culture of the Dolphins as an organization tanking on purpose is bigger than Flores. Especially when Flores, like, if they're hiring Flores, they're not worried about a, a player's position. But let's dig into yeah. the football part of this and where he, and, and, and maybe I'm a little naive to this, and, and, and how this hierarchy will kind of work. Now, we all know at the top of the totem pole, so to speak, on the defensive side of football, 
it'll be the coordinator. When you're bringing in a defensive assistant title, and we talked about the significance of that title, linebackers, and a guy, Brian Flores, with head coaching experience. In terms of the linebacker coaches, when you have the inside linebacker coach and the assistant linebacker coach, in terms of hierarchy, and maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, will he sit above those guys? Those guys kind of report to him. Will he give input to both in terms of the linebackers side of his title and the defensive assistant title? Do you think he'll be a guy that's helping to craft the game plan defensively with Austin and with Tomlin? Or will he kind of serve as maybe a guy that kind of looks at the overall plan, gives his thoughts, his take, you know, kind of as that's, that, that check of the plan, how do you think they're going to slot him in in terms of what he'll actually do and what his principal type, what his principal duties will be as a coach on the staff? I'll, I'll say this. In all sincerity and all fairness, I don't know. And anyone telling you otherwise is lying, okay? They don't know. They don't reveal that – that level of detail of what assistant coaches are doing. Here's what I know though. And that this, uh, Alan Saunders is a, a beat reporter in Pittsburgh. He writes for Pittsburgh sports. Now he told me this, um, uh, Denzel, I forget his last name again. This happened to me two weeks ago too, on this show. Uh, Denzel, the, Denzel this, Martin, Martin, the outside linebackers coach. What Saunders said was he pretty much ran all that himself anyway. So the assistant part of his job is probably more salary based than anything. Um, okay. You get into those structures. I would just simply on uh, uh, credentials, on experience, I, I think Brian Flores is overseeing the linebackers. I, I think he is going to be an instrumental part of their collaboration in putting the game plan in place, putting the overall scheme in place. He's going to have say in that. Um, I don't think he necessarily outranks Terrell Austin, but the Steelers don't operate in a rank and file way. They are a collaborative uh, organization. Brian Flores brings a lot to the table, as does Terrell Austin, as does Mike Tomlin. I think you put the three of them together, they're able to cover the entire defensive side of the ball at a, a high strategic level. And I think that's what Flores is going to be asked to do. But on as far as the boots on the ground approach goes, uh, Flores is the guy day to day talking with the players, working with them, reviewing film, all of that. And Martin is going to to assist with those efforts as well. So um, Flores probably jumps between the high and the low, perhaps more than anybody else. But that's why he's the senior assistant. You know, if he's going to be he's going to have more of those responsibilities than other people. So. Uh, with all of that, I, I think you can say a lot of the title is more justifying salary. But as far as the the day to day execution of the the you know, division of labor goes, Brian Flores is a highly accomplished coach. He's been a head coach. Uh, he knows what he's doing. You know, they're they're going to put him to work in that regard. They don't need him carrying clipboards or anything like that strategically they're going to value what he brings and they're going to ask for his input. I'm sure. That's interesting. I love, I I love the point that you brought up 
when you said that the title might be more of a salary thing. And, and, and that and that makes sense. You know, and that's what organizations do all mm-hmm. the time. Exactly. They put senior and they put this and that. And, and, and that basically becomes just some extra money. Let me let me ask you this. And the last question that I'll ask before we get out of here. Um, what was the name of the old school running back coach um, that used to be the running back coach for uh, Bill Cower that was there for years? Because I always heard and I Dick never Hoke. knew if it Dick Hoke. Yep. And I always and I always heard that Dick Hoke was the guy that particularly on the offensive side of the ball that you, he had to be convinced that Cowher would use him particularly from a protection standpoint and a general question. Could you block it? Could we execute this game? Could we block the way we want to play that he kind of served as the salient, the same. I'm, I'm flubbing the word. He served, he served as, kind of that litmus on does this plan work? If he if he bought into it, then it kind of went to cower. And then they would look at it together and, and okay. But you had to kind of convince the, him. Probably the senior defensive assistant. I, yes. I, I think that that's a yeah, great that's, parallel. That's a great point yeah. to bring up. I, yeah, before the I'm title thinking. came out, staffs have that. You know, the litmus test is a great way to put it. If the whatever level is putting this or that or the other thing together, um, that's their job to do so. If you have somebody that needs to sign off on it first, as in Cower says, I've got nine trillion other things to do. Right. You know what I want. I pay you because you know what I want. Don't bring this to me unless it's what I want and make them get it to where I want it to be. That's management. You know, that, that that's the basics of management. I think. Um, if, if that has been Austin before and without the title, Keith Butler before, it would make sense that Flores would be the guy that you'd hire for that. Um, Mike Munchak probably had something like that as well, at least as far as you know, one particular element of the game. You mentioned protection as far as Hope was concerned. Um, you could see why you might do something like that w- with a Munchak back in the day. I, I, I could see why a, a team would want to do that. I think a head coach um would kind of have say over that too whether they would want it to be that way it 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 could go a thousand different directions you know we we wouldn't be sure we just know that they've got a lot of high level nfl experience on that defensive side of the ball now i'm gonna say this man this was a hell of a saturday i mean this just this is fantastic news i mean i'm excited that they're bringing in a coach of the quality of brian flores um, this is just a, a, a hell of a Saturday for Steeler news. Before we get out of here, Neil, man, what's up on the GM stuff? I, I, I'm I'm totally confused. I know that they don't have to do it. There's no rush. I'm I'm totally confused. At I think it's up to nine high nine interviews. Eleven. Eleven interviews. I, I'm don't totally ask me confused. name them all anymore because I don't remember. Yeah, them all. <laughs> yeah I, I'm totally confused because my logic says you know if you found the candidate, you know you might want to hire that guy. But I thought, and a couple of people came up with some thoughts about it. Like maybe there's no rush at this point. Everybody's busy with draft stuff, uh, so there's no rush at this point. Um, someone surmised that possibly 
both of the the candidates, Hunt and Khan, are comfortable in their roles. I don't know. It just seems really weird that they've hired that they've interviewed eleven gentlemen. What's your thoughts on the whole search for the GM spot? And and, and is it important at all that they've interviewed eleven people? Um, it, one, I'll bet they're not done. I'll bet they're they're going to keep looking. Could get the um, I. <laughs> Well, look, for the same reasons of what we're talking about, and I, I don't want to get into accusations of the Steelers' virtue signaling or anything like that, but they're they're clearly um, they are clearly casting a wide net, and a lot of the accusations uh, coming from you know their now senior defensive assistant, <laughs> uh, it, as far as the hiring practices, it could probably have been resolved if teams chose to or had the reasonable ability to take their time in hiring candidates. So for me, I think the Steelers are showing the rest of the league, as well as people who are upset with, with how all this stuff is going on. This is a way to do it. You don't, if, if you're in the position to be thoughtful and deliberate with your decision, Exactly. That's a great point. You should. So to, to me, I think it's intentional. I think they want to cast a wide net because, again, what you look at it like this. Um, Mike Tomlin was hired uh, back in 2007. Ron Rivera was also an excellent candidate at that point, And uh, Ken Wisenhunt and Russ Grimm. Between the four of them, they looked at all of them. And I have heard multiple stories about how the whole thing went down. The only thing we really know is that Wisenhunt took the Falcons – Falcons, or was it? Did he jump Arizona. straight to Arizona? He went straight he went to, to Arizona, Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. He took the Arizona job, um, and took himself out of the running. I have heard that was because he was kind of told that he wasn't going to get the Steelers job. They wanted to be as deliberate as they could with the time that they had to make that decision. They had a little bit of a runway, knowing that that Cower was was retiring. At least had a pretty good sense that that was what was going to go on. But they. Are, are deliberately taking their time with these decisions to show that's what they should do. And in the end, regardless of who they hire, you're not going to be able to accuse them of them making a hasty decision. Also, and that we have to weigh both of these things. Also, the fact that uh, Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt are both clear and obvious candidates for this job. They're two people that they've talked to him about. What are the odds that if one of them gets the job, the other one's gone. I'd say pretty good. Probably pretty good. What if they like the outside candidate better and hire that person? Both of them are probably gone. You got to look at other people for other jobs as well. And yeah. contacts, connections, that's how this stuff happens. It, it's that the circle of the NFL is really, really small in comparison to the, your line of work, my line of work, everybody listening's line of work. The NFL has a really, really tight window of, of uh, candidates, of applicants for things. So you have to kind of branch out and get to know everybody who's there because that's how you get your next job. So for them to know what is out in the candidate pool is good business more than yeah, anything else. Absolutely. They absolutely. I don't care what anybody says about this. They absolutely do not need to name the successive general manager in February. They just don't. He's staying on through the draft. And that's probably why he's staying on through the draft. They have no need to rush it. Let Colbert finish out the draft. Whenever, whoever it is that comes in, 
They've got plenty of time to show them where the bathroom is, to show them where their parking space is, to show them how coffee gets ordered. There's not a whole lot that they're going to, to need to rush through. They have plenty of time to get things going for the next season, which is why this person is being brought in, not to put a bow on the draft. So what, what's the rush? You may as well interview yeah. five more. Why not? Yeah, the interesting thing will be, and just from the uh, the employee side, is that if you're Omar, uh, I was going to say Omar Hunt. I'm just going to combine the two. That's pretty good, <laughs> Omar Hunt. If you're if you're Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan, Brandon Khan sounds cool. Brandon Khan sounds even better. Brandon Khan, Khan Brandon. Um, <laughs> um, the only here's the unfortunate thing with that is that they're still going to be tasked to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. Throughout this whole process. And they may not get hired. And then they will possibly leave like after all of this. Yeah. So the one thing I said was. I would still think that one of those guys is going to get the job. Because it doesn't strike me that the Steelers would hold them hostage, so to speak while they're interviewing all these other guys, if they weren't going to give both of them the most consideration. Because if you weren't going to hire both of those guys, you would just tell them flat out so they could leave and get other jobs. Um, both you know, both you, had consideration, if not yeah. interview with other jobs in yeah. this cycle. Keep that in mind. Yes. When you, when you Con did for, for sure. I'm not sure about yes. Hunt, but Con definitely interviewed with somebody else. When you work for good places, uh, even if they're going to not retain you, unless you do something turdish, they, they try to let you go in a way that's not going to most disrupt your family. Now, how much it disrupts your family is up to you and your planning and so on and so forth. But, but if you work for a good company, they're going to try to help you out in that regard and give you some sort of heads up. Like, look, man, we're probably not going to hire you for the GM spot. If something if something hot comes up, you might want to jump on that. Uh, but be it as it may, we will soon see what's going to go on with the GM position. Man, we got a lot of people on the live chat. want to thank everybody that hopped on a couple of times today. This was a big freaking story. One of the biggest stories that you're going to get in the offseason, in the business season. And that's why we do shows every week because the business season is hot. And at some point in time, sometimes it's better than the regular season in just the games. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.